A big thank you to our episode sponsor, Get Out There Girl. The Get Out There Girl mission is to empower women through adventure, self-compassion, and making connections. They plan outdoor retreats where they go on high adventures, listen to a workshop, and connect with other amazing women. It's magic every time. Sign up for their newsletter at getoutthergirl.com. And wait for the end of the episode to find out how the ICU podcast and Get Out There Girl is going to collaborate for next time's episode. Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. ICU. Welcome to the ICU podcast. Thanks, Sam, man. Yes, welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 81, Surviving a Pandemic with my therapist, Nan Fitzgerald. It was pretty cute last night. Sam was, you know, he's five, so he's learning to write his letters and spell small words. And I looked over and he was writing the words, I see you on a paper. And then he handed it to me and with his pen up his nose. He was like sitting there thinking, sticking the pen up the nose. He said, mom, I wrote you this because I thought you would love it. (laughs) Oh, it's so cute. I'm totally brainwashing my kids, right? But at least it's a good, it's a good mission that I'm brainwashing them with. I'm supposed to be in Hawaii today for my 10 year anniversary with Rob. But instead, I'm going to tell you about some accomplishments I've made. My cookie game is on par, people. I've mastered my chocolate chip cookie recipe and it's delicious. I'll never go back. If you want it, email me. I'll give it to you. Rob and I have also been watching the entire Star Wars series in chronological order and it's been fascinating. I feel like I understand Star Wars now and it's so good. I love it. There's so much truth in Star Wars, man. Mm, So good. I'm all invested. This is what happened with the Marvel movies too. Seeing them out of order, it just makes me crazy. I just want to watch everything in order so I can understand the storyline and then I love it and I get the hype and I understand it. But if I just go to the theaters and see, you know, episode seven of Star Wars and And I haven't watched the other ones recently in order. It just drives me crazy. I don't even want to see it. Anyways, I'm pumped about Star Wars these days. Of course, I'm also, you know, trying to finish this book and we've been working on our yard and doing other, you know, a few other responsible things. But I think I'm always going to think of Star Wars when I think about back on this time during the pandemic. I'm excited about the interview I'm going to share today because this is the second interview I've done on the podcast with my very own therapist. It's kind of a legal thing in therapy that you're not really supposed to be friends with your therapist outside of your sessions. Or maybe that's just what all my therapists have told me because they are worried I'd turn into like the guy on What About Bob, right? (laughs) Do one of those situations. But that's why it's so cool to me that my therapist reached out to me to do this episode. She she called me people. She listened to the last episode and loved it. And she felt like she had a, a piece of the conversation she wanted to add. So if you remember last episode, episode 80, I had a conversation with my sister, Amy, who has terminal cancer. Last May, she was given one to two years to live. And so she's going to hit her year mark at the end of this month. And she talked about giving up control in life and how that relates specifically to the coronavirus pandemic we've all been affected by. Well, after listening to that episode, Nan wanted to share, I don't know why I sound so stuffed up. Jeez, not sick people, not sick. Nan wanted to share her message about 
what she is seeing as a therapist during the pandemic and how we can stay more emotionally healthy during this time. So basically, this is free therapy, people. Let's do it. Welcome to the podcast, Nan. (laughs) Hello. Good to have you with us. So you were on an episode before where we talked about mindfulness. And today you're here for a different reason. So our last episode, uh, my sister and I talked for a while. And as you know, you know her, she has terminal cancer. And so we talked a little bit about the idea of letting go of control. I loved that you reached out to me with your background as both a therapist and more specifically during your day job, you work with terminally ill cancer patients, right? That's kind of how you spend your time. You came at that episode with a neat perspective and wanted to share a message of what you are seeing a lot in your clients. Let's just start as a mental health professional right now, currently during the coronavirus and this pandemic, which none of us have dealt with before. What are you seeing most of? I think the thing that I'm seeing the most of is actually grief. A lot of people seem to, you know, maybe think they're depressed or have anxiety But really what we're seeing is grief. We've got what we would call acute or normal grief, um, as in the things that we're losing day by day, the losses that we're experiencing. We're also experiencing what we would call anticipatory grief, so that grief of not knowing what's to come. What are we going to lose? Are we going to be able to take a summer vacation? Are the kids going to be able to go back to school in the fall? And so there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now that really ties into that lack of control that you and Amy talked about last week. Yeah. Um, I think as, as, I was, as I was kind of pondering, pondering this and working with people, I, I realized that most of us thought this would be kind of short-lived, that we were running a sprint. You know, we, this happened in the middle of March, and we thought, oh, by, you know, by April 1st, things will kind of be back to normal. But as we see coming into May, those things aren't back to normal. And now we're having to figure out how to run a marathon. And I think that's been one of the biggest challenges is the first part of April came and we realized, wait a minute, I can't white knuckle this anymore. I can't hang on. And I have to figure out a different way to handle this because the kids aren't going back to school or I'm going to continue to work at home and the kitchen table isn't going to work as an office for me long term. And so we think we're trying to figure out how we do this in marathon fashion made it really difficult for people. The other thing I was thinking about is this idea of, you know, here in Utah, a month ago, we had an earthquake and we've been experiencing aftershocks as recently as last week, a pretty good sized one. And and we're continuing to have the aftershocks related to this COVID-19 thing. Something is taken and then something, uh, then things settle and then something else is taken. And we just really don't know what to expect with this uncertainty and lack of control. Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting because, yeah, I think in the beginning there was certainly an attitude of, you know, we all got to just hunker down and we got to do this. And there's almost some excitement that comes with that. Just we're going to power through and we're going to do it. And the longer it gets, it's exhausting for all of us. It's absolutely exhausting. And I think the uncertainty, right? If we knew that we had to do this for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, we could figure out how to deal with that. But we don't, right? There is this level of uncertainty that makes this much more difficult, right? And, and the ambiguity of how I'm feeling, right? I, I'm sad about this, but I'm grateful for this. And, and our emotions are on a roller coaster happening right now. So you're seeing people hurting. I'm, I'm seeing people struggling. I'm seeing them feel lost. They don't know how to define what's happening to them. We're losing our rituals, right? The things that make us who we are. We're coming into graduation season and those events aren't happening. We're missing funerals and weddings. Right. And those things that that 
bring us connection and then those things that make us human, we're having to figure out how to rethink those things. How do they look differently and how long will they look different? When I told you this earlier, uh, like today, I was supposed to be leaving for Hawaii for my 10 year anniversary. And it's easy sometimes though, to feel guilt because in general, I feel like my family is in a very blessed situation compared to so many that I know compared to Amy who, you know, who has low blood counts and has, and is at risk. Uh, because I, I, you know, why should I be sad over not being able to go to Hawaii? But I feel like the trick has been finding a way to both be grateful for my family's health, grateful that my husband has a stable job and also be okay with that. It's okay. I'm a little disappointed that this trip that we saved up for and we've always wanted to do to celebrate our 10 year and, you know, we've never been, it's okay that I'm a little disappointed. It's all right. It doesn't mean that I'm not grateful also for, for all the stable things in my life. And I think that's the hard part is people feel like if I express the disappointment, the sadness, the fear, then I'm not being grateful. People seem to think that, that, that maybe having a negative day or a downturn in something is negating their gratitude for the situation that they have. And so we, we feel bad that we're not constantly grateful for what's happening, you know, for the blessings that we do have if things are going relatively well in our lives. Yeah. Well, and, and is that helpful? I mean, as a therapist, as my therapist, would you say that's a helpful thing? Is it helpful to feel bad and to feel guilty that we don't always feel grateful? Does that help us? I think we have to be real and give ourselves some compassion about the fact that this is difficult. We can be grateful for things and we can grieve the loss of those things, the trip to Hawaii, right? You've saved and saved and that is, that is a loss and you can't deny that that is a loss, but that doesn't negate the fact that you're grateful for everything you have. And so learning to live with both feelings and emotions and allowing them space is really important right now. Well, and I feel like that is one of the most powerful things I learned from you during our time together was the ability and the tool to feel more than one emotion at once. Yeah. Extremely important. Yeah. Agreed. Do you have some applicable strategies of how to deal with this loss that we're feeling? You know, there, there are a lot of great strategies. You know, the first one that comes to mind is this idea of maybe naming the emotion. What exactly am I feeling? That's actually more difficult than we think it might be, right? It's really easy to get happy, sad, angry, afraid. Um, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. I, I'd encourage people, if you could go online and Google, you can find something called an emotions wheel. And it talks a lot about detailed emotions. And when you can really define right? What is happening? There's power in that. Just being able to label and name the emotion. That would be my first strategy. Second strategy is, is ties in completely with what Amy said. You have to let go of what you can't control. You can't control everything happening. And when you try to hang on to that, that creates resistance. And resistance comes from expectations that they be diff- that things be different than they are. And so we need to let go of the resistance and pushing back. And I think we need to, to look about, about what we have done, right? We're, we're seeing all the things that we haven't done or that we can't do, but what have we done? You know, people are sewing masks. People are getting groceries for their neighbors, right? It's, it's maybe not the way that we've always served or given, but there are ways that we're helping other people at this difficult time. Um, another strategy would be asking yourself, is what I'm feeling real, is what's happening real in the moment? Absolutely, right. Your your perception is your reality, but then we have to have to ask if that's true. 
it may or may not be true what I'm feeling. And then is that helpful? Right? Sometimes we have thoughts that aren't helpful. So why do we hang on to those thoughts? I think we need to grieve the losses and we need to name and acknowledge them. And I think we need to create meaning to what is happening to us right now. What have I learned from this situation? What blessings do I have? How has my family come together? What have I learned to appreciate? And I think we have to remember the idea of resilience. How have I dealt with things before and how do those strategies apply to my situation right now? Right? We've all been through hard things. This isn't our first challenge. Everyone has them, but how do we make those strategies applicable in the current situation? Oh, thank you. That made me strangely emotional just when you talked about people sewing masks and getting groceries for neighbors. And I just, it's beautiful. I did a little episode a couple weeks back. I think it's called All the Light I See. And I really just feel like I've seen so much good in people right now. And it, it brings me to tears. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I just dropped off. I try and go get my sister um, school lunch for her kids because she has six. But these lunch ladies, I mean, one of them has had breast cancer. And every time she says, how's your sister? Tell her I love her because she gets it. She gets what chemo feels like right now. And you want to make sure the kids have enough food and anything they can do to help. And it's just beautiful the way that people are opening up and they're connecting during such a Because we're, we're we're creating connection and commonality. Right. Oftentimes the, the struggles that we go through in life, whether that's depression or anxiety or addiction, financial worries, um, marriage issues, a child who is struggling, infertility, all those things tend to, to create isolation for people. And we tend to just draw inward and think no one else understands. Right. Some of those things are, are maybe we feel shame about or society shames about. And so we isolate and draw in. But in this this pandemic situation we're all in this together we're all experiencing the exact same thing and if we can actually just draw together and share that there's so much power in that idea of connection at this difficult time yeah so have you struggled I mean you're like wonder woman to me I just think you can do anything right (laughs) that's how clients often feel about their therapists I think whether it's true or not but you are just a powerful force for good it's hard for me to imagine you struggling and I think that's a common thing when we see someone that has expertise in something we assume that they're immune immune from struggling in that way so I'd be interested have you struggled during this pandemic you know I really have struggled I have been blessed in that my life specifically has been minimally impacted I still go to work um, as normal, and I'm kind of an introvert. I like to be at home, so I'm, I'm not, you know, overly challenged by some of the stipulations we have right now. But I will say that the energy in the world is really heavy. It feels different, right? When we go outside, or you go to the, you know, and there aren't people at the parks, or the roads are kind of quiet. I work during the day in a hospital, and it's eerily quiet here. But I did a couple of weeks ago, I think when I hit that wall of this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I realized, wait a minute, I've got to figure out strategies to get through this for the long term. I was just kind of overwhelmed. And I came home a Friday night after work and just cried myself to sleep. You know, I'm okay. My family's okay. But it's heavy, right? There's a realism to this. And, and I did. I just had to let the emotion move. I, you know, I had to have my moment. And that's a part of being human, right? You can't take on other people's things without moving through it somehow, right? I'm not sleeping as well as I did. I said to you, I'm probably drinking more Diet Coke than I should be, right? But 
but I'm trying to have compassion for that because again, I'm not immune to the struggles and challenges of what's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, I had a morning, this has not happened in quite a while, but this morning I just lost it completely over something really small. And I went in my walk-in closet, which is right here and turned off the lights and laid there. And I just bawled my eyes out for like 30 minutes. It's funny that we're having this interview today because I was, I, I was thinking about that leading up to this, that it's just like, I don't even know exactly what's wrong right now, but I'm just exhausted. I'm tired and little things are feeling bigger. And I think it's just the unknown. The unknown is, is challenging, but I feel like being open about it, it definitely takes away some of the, some, I don't know. I don't feel too stressed about it. I can just, there's commonality. All of us are having these moments where we're just. Absolutely. There is commonality. And I think, I think we do have to step back and realize that this is a, this is a paradigm shift for our country. I know a lot of people are really anxious to get back to life as we knew it, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's going to look a little bit different. Things are going to be different, right? This is a marathon and not a sprint. And I think we have to step back and look at this idea of what is worth going back to because we, we are going to have changed as people, right? 9-11 changed this country. And I think this pandemic is going to shift some things too. And I think that a lot of that can be a positive if we can actually be open to that. Well, and that leads right into the next question I want to ask you, which is people are handling this very different from each other. I know we've both observed that while there's so much light, there is there are instances where people start to turn against each other. They maybe they judge someone for them not social distancing, you know. You know, me and my sister have had to figure out is it still okay for me to bring her lunches? You know, my germs on the, these are all decisions we're having to make. How do we hold space for everybody? To, to handle this however they need to and to handle their grief the way they feel best? How do we hold that space? Always be kind. We never know what challenges people are facing, right? Like this pandemic is, is adding stress, but any underlying stressors that people had that existed before, whether that's cancer or financial insecurity, all of those things are still happening underneath, right? And so this idea of, of always being kind, and of allowing people the experience of grieving, right? For some, grieving is crying. And for some people, it's drawing inward. And we need to respect other people's process, even if it doesn't coincide with mine. Even if I don't understand it, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. And I do think it's important to acknowledge, right, the uncertainty of what's happening here. And allowing the people around us the exact same thing. As I was thinking here just a second ago, I thought... We live in a society where we think we have to fix everything. And I think we have to acknowledge that this is something we can't necessarily fix. That we just have to take the moment that we have and roll with it and realize that some things are beyond our control to fix. So if someone's listening who is finding themselves struggling during this pandemic specifically, people, some who have had experiences having hard emotional struggles before and some who haven't, who this is their first rodeo experiencing mental turmoil. What's your message to them? My message to them is, is reach out to family, to friends, to someone that professionally assists with these reaching out. Isolation isn't going to solve this problem. This is uncharted territory. And for all of us, there's not a manual for how to do this. And we, we have to have realistic expectations for ourselves and for others. 
we have to acknowledge the now and the now is simply a moment in time. I think sometimes we get overwhelmed with the fact that it's always going to look like this and it's not always going to look like this, right? If we even look at what's happened in the last six weeks, things are shifting and changing. And so realizing that, that it is, there is movement happening and things are moving forward, right? So to some degree, we have to hold on in this process. I think we do need to remember as we move forward, I know here in Utah, they're starting to open some things back up. That creates hope for people. And we absolutely should have hope. You and, and Amy talked a little bit about hope last week. But I think we need to realize that there will be grief that continues, that sometimes after a challenge, we have the emotional peace shows up, right? We're kind of trying to survive and get through physically or financially. And I think we just need to remember that as things start to get back to normal, it's not uncommon for kind of the emotions and the fears and the worries and concerns to show up afterwards. And that doesn't mean that you're broken, bad, crazy, wrong, or weak. It just means that you're human. Please reach out. There is nothing wrong with anything that you're feeling. There's no right or wrong way to do this and ask for help create connection. Thank you. I love mm-hmm. when you say that. We say it one more time because you used to say it like every session we had. You're not crazy. What is it? Oh, my, my statement, always remember you're not broken, bad, crazy, wrong, or weak. Oh, I needed this today. Thank you, Nan. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for giving me some time. I appreciate you making time for me. Thanks again to Nan Fitzgerald for taking time out of her busy schedule to share her message with all of us. I know I felt better after our conversation. Maybe it's because she's my therapist, so her voice is very calming to me. But I I hope it uplifted you as well. Another big thank you to our episode sponsor, Get Out There Girl. The Get Out There Girl mission is to empower women. They do it through adventure, through self-compassion, and of course, making connections, which we are fans of here at the ICU podcast. They plan outdoor retreats where they go on high adventures. They listen to workshops and they connect with other amazing women around them. It's magical. Find out more about them and what they do and sign up for their newsletter at getoutthergirl.com. And I'm so excited because actually our next episode is with the founder of Get Out There Girl, Brittany Crane. Brittany came across the podcast. Well, actually her assistant, I think, came across the podcast and she said, hey, you got to you got to be a part of this, a part of the ICU message. And so they contacted me and we're so excited to collaborate with them. So Brittany is the coolest and I can't wait to have a conversation with her about how to empower ourselves as women if you're a woman. And if you're not a woman, she's going to give helpful tips and suggestions for how to help the women around you. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay healthy, my friends. My name is Julie Lee and I see you. 